Hey guys, how you doing? JP Sorry, Kolia here, and welcome again to another episode, the first episode of this year of Age of Heroes, my podcast. I haven't been doing this for quite some time. The last podcast was in December, and now it's been, of course, we're already in March, and it's been a while, but I want to say thank you to all of you that have been very patient with me through the process. You know, as you many of you know, if you follow me on JP Sarah Reviews, I got sick. I mentioned that in my last po- podcast as well, my last episode, but I'm coming back. You know, I'm really coming strong physically. I'm recovering, getting better every day. It's still a challenge. It's still a process, but I feel a lot better that when I, you know, started and well, I was uh, last year at the end of last year. So we we can thank God for that. I want I want to say I'm grateful because of the life that He has given me and my family that has been very supportive. Uh, but to be in the podcast is something that I really enjoy. Um, I was just going through the uh, the different episodes, looking at the stuff, and it's amazing that what what was that like two years or it's less than two years? I've been working so heavily on this plat and uh, this platform or in this uh, universe of podcasting. And it hasn't been easy, but I was looking at 169 episodes that uh, every episode is very different. Talk about so many different subjects, whether it was collectibles, comics, talking about life, talking about um, inspirational quotes, talking about uh, gaming, talking about uh, whatever came to mind, uh, a lot of geeky stuff. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoy this non-filter system of just sharing my thoughts, uh, something that I don't really get to do much in my channel, my main channel, or in my social media platforms, in my regular uh, Facebook or Instagram and all of that. Uh, I get the opportunity here to really express myself, to share with you how I feel about things, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I want to say that uh, I've, I've been thinking about today's subject, and probably you already read the title, you know, The Contradiction of uh, cancel culture and <laughs> probably heard this term a lot in recent times we have heard this a lot i think the term was started to really gain traction back in 2019 which is what two years ago or less than two years ago and it has become such a popular way to describe a lot of events that are happening in in pretty much around the world in every aspect of life whether it's sports whether in um you know hollywood whether entertainment comics uh we have this i would say infection going on this in um this rampant way to do things that boycotting things that is becoming um very intrusive and at the same time it's changing it's altering the way we see things and also affecting the way we communicate uh, and people communicate with each other uh, in in good ways, uh, but mo- more than good ways, in a lot of bad ways. And in this podcast today, on my comeback to podcasting, perhaps I'm going to cancel myself for sharing my views on this. But it's okay, you know. Again, this is my platform. This is my my place where I, this is my sub uh, box where I can really share what I feel. And I'm telling you, I think I need to bring this up. Because I do, I do, and I don't feel conflicted about it, but I do feel that we are really um, walking on very dangerous territory, uh, particularly in this time and age where we have this culture or we have this idea of democracy and free speech. And I do, I'm a, a firm believer on free speech, and I believe that it's important for people to express themselves. It doesn't mean that just because you express yourself, it doesn't 
um, restrain you or save you from consequences. Uh, consequences are something that we have to face. Um, but at the same time, we have to have this balance uh, about first, we have to be careful what we say, not to offend people. But most importantly, we also have to be stewards of the freedom that is being given to us and the opportunity to be, you know, to express our thoughts, um, whether they are uh, in conflict with other people's thoughts. Uh, it's important for people to to share their views. I, I'm a fair believer of that. And sometimes my views might be very different than your views and your views might be very different than mine. But ultimately, I'm going to be a defender of your right, as you should be the defender of my right to express myself. And I feel that that's something that we have to be very careful. I want to bring this up because, of course, I think the biggest subject has been uh, in regards to the most recent, of course, Gina Carano. Um, what happened to her? I have no issues with her. Never. I have problems with her. I like her on The Mandalorian. But, of course, she she is very outspoken about her views. A lot of the things are, you know, she has conservative views. Um, I'm conservative as well. However, I am more of a moderate uh, than anything else. I don't consider myself a liberal or a conservative. Many of my friends, if you follow me or you're a friend of, of mine on Facebook, you're my friend on Facebook, you, you might, some people have accused me sometimes to be a liberal because I do believe in social justice. I do believe in uh, to, to bring people to be inclusive with people. Uh, but at the same time, I am a Christian, um, and I am a firm believer of Christ and uh, the teachings of the Bible. And I always talk about it. And, you know, people might think that I'm too conservative. So in the end, I'm just a middleman. I'm just a guy in the center of things. I like to be in the center. I like to have a balanced opinion about things. I like to hear both sides, and I like to uh, make my own mind. I think that as men, as individuals, it's our right to express ourselves, but also to to construct our own way of thinking. I don't think you should just align yourself to somebody else's view just because they tell you that's the right way to go. You know, I read the Bible every day. I'm a firm believer. I pray and I seek God's guidance in my life. And that means that sometimes he's going to uh, shake my worldviews and going to let me know that what I'm thinking or what I was you know, thought since I was a child is not necessarily the truth. So I have to discover the truth. That's something about being a Christian means is about discovering the truth. However, many Christians, they just like to embrace nothingness. They like to embrace everything they believe. And as, as long as somebody tells you that's the right way to go, it's simpler that way. You don't have to conflict yourself. You don't have to complicate your life. Just simply follow a method. But life is not like that. It's not always simple as that. It's not, you know, black and white. Life is great. There's a lot of grace uh, in life, and we have to understand that. We have to listen to God, and we have to be proactive in our way we communicate with other people uh, because we learn from them. I learn from people that think differently than me, that uh, worship differently than me. I learn from people that have a different lifestyle than mine, that perhaps they don't accept the way I see family or the construction of family. They see it from a different perspective. But I have to listen to them, whether I agree with them or not. I have to listen. And sometimes you might not realize this, but you learn from the people that you expect the least. Um, you learn a lot. And at the end of the day, people are individuals, are human beings. And we have to learn to coexist. We have to learn to live with people, to accept people. That's just the bottom. That's part of humanity. That's who we are. Uh, we've been, we are on this earth for that reason, to um, to coexist with each other, to love each other, to care for each other. Even the people that we just disagree fundamentally in a lot of things. That's just the way it is. 
But you know what happened with Gina Carano. You know, we are not going to trace that. There are people coming in on her defense. And that's good. And for that reason, I want to take you to actually to a article. We're going to read some articles here, some points there. And so we can uh, really see this and come to a conclusion of all of this. And for that reason, I, I'm here at um, IndieWire. Uh, the comedian, the actor Bill Burr addresses Mandalorian co-star Gina Carano's firing. She was an absolute sweetheart. Bill Burr is the first actor from The Mandalorian to weigh in on the firing of Gina Carano due to controversial social media posts. During a recent episode of the Bill Burr podcast, Burr showed support for his former Star Wars co-star, calling her an absolute sweetheart. Now, we're going to have some some words here that I'm not going to repeat. Of course, he's using some uh, some language there, and I try to I don't keep that out of my podcast. But it's a weird time, unless she did some truly horrible uh, S or said overly racist S, uh, Burr said about Carano. I don't know. I think there's just too many channels. And then you gotta do sensational S. I don't know what the F it is. I'm on the F show. Now I gotta watch what the F I say. Uh, she was an absolute sweetheart. Uh, super nice F person. But Bird uh, later said of the actress. And you know whatever. And somehow someone will take this video. And they'll make me say something else. And try to get rid of my bold action figure. It's how it is out there. It is F crazy times. People just waiting. Lying in the weeds. Later in the podcast, Burr elaborated on his views of cancel culture by saying, now it is becoming like, hey, you made an ignorant comparison, flushing sound. There goes your dream, right? I look at that and it is like, who the F stands up to that? Karen is now moving on to develop and start in a new feature film for the conservative website, The Daily Wire. In her initial statement of her firing, Karen said, I am sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. I've only just began using my voice, which is now freer than ever before. And I hope it inspires others to do the same. They can cancel us. They can't cancel us if we don't let them. Now, I'm not here to tell you that Carano is right for what she did. Um, I'm not going to say that her comparison was totally wrong. You know, this is the part where I'm going to say that a lot of people, um, you know, and we can go back to that, her comparison, where she said, of course, that uh, she compared conservatives to the the Jews in Nazi Germany and how they were exterminated and how the things happened. You know, I don't think that conservatives, I don't think Republicans or people that are more leaning uh, towards the Trump agenda are being persecuted the way they claim to be. Uh, I, I'm against that. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't think there's that type of persecution. If you want to talk about persecution, we can talk about what's happening to Christians in China. We can talk about what's happening to Christians in the Middle East and other parts of the world where actually uh, there's sectarian violence. We can talk about that. But in America, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm going to disagree with my Christian friends here. There's no persecution as you claim to be to Christians. Yes. There's always going to be a difference in the way world sees us. There's some, some, you know, I would say psychological persecution per se. But to be honest, we still have freedom of speech. We still have the freedom to express ourselves. We we can do it. It's part of our of our life in America. You know, so when people go to the extreme to trying to portray themselves as that, I think Gina Carano messed up big time. And Burr said it right there on the podcast too. You know, that was a stupid comparison. It was a stupid comparison, you know, yes, for sure. But some some people went to the, you know, I saw that on Twitter. I saw that everywhere. Even friends on, on Facebook saying, well, that's anti-Semitic. How it can be? He, she's not saying nothing against Jews. She's not saying the Jews are dumb. She's not saying the Jews are the worst thing that happened to the world. No, she's saying that they were persecuted because they were different. 
And she's saying, and she's trying to say, now conservatives are being persecuted by the media, by the mob, by liberals in this way. I'm going to disagree because at the end of the day, we have to look at numbers. Almost half of the population in this country voted for Trump just recently. That tells you that we are still divided, but there's still a big population that thinks the same way. They are conservative. So we have a strongholds of conservative views in America. And it's, that means that we are have a healthy you know, democracy in so many ways. People try to paint it as we have a really nasty democracy or things are bad. It is not. I think we have a healthy democracy in so many ways. Yes, democracy means that we have to be divisive and sometimes and we have to share difference of opinion. Yes. And we have so many different pockets that things differently. Some extreme pockets on both sides. Yes, we do. Um, that cause all kind of turmoil and, you know, and things are happening. And sometimes, you know, there, you know, people trying to say, well, a person throws a stone, now everyone is guilty. And that's the problem when we're trying to put everybody in the same box, you know? And I would say that, yes, there are differences. Yes, the media tends to, to be more liberal. Yes, it does. But that doesn't mean that the conservative side is free of sin. You see networks like uh, Fox, that they try to always feed that crowd that cares about conservative values, whatever they call conservative nowadays. That sometimes it goes against whatever the word of God says. But then you have the other side that also trying to go into the liberal agenda or trying to support the people that are more, uh, I would say, open to change. So so you see all this both sides kind of feeding each other out against each other. And I would say that, again, that comparison was stupid. It was, I would say, in poor taste in some ways, in some ways. But I wouldn't say that it was bad. I wouldn't say that it was... Um, you know, such a situation where you can say, well, we need to take, you know, this girl out. We can take her job away. You know, we can just fire her because of that. I feel that the Disney went too extreme with that. And that has to do a lot with peer pressure. It has to do a lot with the, 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 the way that response from a lot of people on Twitter that went after her because of she's saying that and they make it bigger than it is. And you know what? Cancel culture has become a, a culture. This is the funny thing. This is the contradiction with cancel culture. That it starts primarily, you know, from the moment that cancel culture of the culture that is liberal culture, we can call it cancel culture. I, I, though I think, and I'm going to be honest with you, cancel culture doesn't just simply permeates the the liberals, also the conservatives, and we're gonna discuss that in just and discuss that in just a moment. But because of that, um, you know. It, we have to be inclusive, you know, and a lot of the people that are always claiming for inclusiveness about bringing people of different races, ethnicities and color, uh, different sexual orientation, all of that together and be more proactive into, you know, pretty much embracing all of these differences are the same people. And I'm going to point out from my experience, because of the people that many of my friends on Facebook that always, always preaching about inclusiveness were the first ones to throw a stone at Gina Carano. Because she thinks differently than them. And to me, that's really terrifying. At the same time, so disappointing from people that are always preaching about being inclusive. But they are the first to cast a stone and trying to push someone aside because he think, she thinks differently than them. And to me, that's just the big no-no. Yes. Yeah, she might just become so an, an item so hard to control for Disney that Disney, they just simply say, you know what? There's so much backlash because of this. We're going to have to let her go. And they're trying to be as polite as possible. It's all about political correctness. And they're trying to do all of that. 
it's sad. Uh, but at the same time, you see so many people being canceled because of a, a lot of reasons. For example, Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. Depending on where you stand, if you love Johnny Depp, I, I think that a lot of people love Johnny Depp, that they're willing to forgive his sins or whatever he has done wrong. And there is a history of that. We know that. Just because, and they're going to cancel Amber Heard, and they're going to cancel everything that has to do with Campbell Heard, and they've been doing that, signing petitions just to kick her out of Aquaman and the DC Universe. They want to cancel it. Cancel her. Because they care so much about Johnny Depp that they're willing to bypass everything that is proved. There are facts there that he did wrong. But on the opposite side, we have heard the situation with Amber Heard, things that she did wrong. And they want to cancel Johnny Depp because they want to be supportive of her because they like her, because they like her persona, whatever reason. The thing is this, you have two sides, depending on where you stand, you want to cancel the other. And at the bottom line, the truth, the fact is that, you know, according to the investigations, according to all the facts, according to all the, all the news that we have seen over the years, they were both, you know, toxic to each other. Ultimately, it was a private affair, something that happens between them, something they have to arrange. But because we like to get involved in matters that really doesn't, don't concern us, we want to cancel one person and we want to say, well, I'm going to speak with my wallet. That's what people say all the time. And I'm not going to go for DC as long as she has a job. I'm not going to go there. And it, it seems to me that we become this uh, tit for tat. You know, it's eye for an eye. We have become this arrogant society that as long as you, you have to be like me. As long as you are like me, I'm okay with you. And I'm okay and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to embrace you as long as you do the same thing. As long as you do the same thing as I do, I am going to love you. And this quid pro quo has become a situation that has done, I think it's harming our society, it's har- harming the way we, we, su- we see things and also harming our own uh, ways of entertainment. Because now it's like, if, if, if we're going to be canceling everybody because they are different than us, you know, because you like, uh, I don't know, cheese and I hate cheese, or because you love to eat meat and I'm vegan, uh, then I'm becoming... The problem, I am the problem, not the system, not that you're different. It's because I have this idea that everyone has to be just like me, has to dress like me, think like me, live like me, love like me. And as long as you are like me, then we're okay. We're in the same circle. We are fine. The problem is that the world is bigger than that. The problem is that in reality, we are so different. There's no one alike. You know, my wife and I, we share so many things uh, together. We have a lot of things we love uh, about each other and things that we love to do together. But there are a lot of things that we kind of hate about each other sometimes and things that we don't care much about each other. She has different passions. I have different passions. We have different hobbies. She cares about certain things that I do, but doesn't care about everything. And that's fine. Um, the reason why we're together is because we strengthen each other in our differences. She gives me the things that I don't have and I give her the things that she doesn't have. That's the, the, the secret of marriage is bringing your gifts, your abilities, who you are into the table to enrich the other person. And I feel that that's what happened in, the, in the, any society. It happens in the world. We are together to enrich each other. And we need each other. We need conservative values. We need people with conservative views. But, but we also need people with liberal views. We all bring th- things together. I think with everything that happened with Jenna Corona right now, it's just affecting things in a way. And this example, uh, instead of just really hurting someone, because the people think, well, we won. Now she's no longer there. Now they're going to have to recast the role. They have to kill the role and, you know, do something totally different. Now people are affected. The show is affected. 
But beyond the effect that, you know, how the show is affected, you also, if you are against certain values or certain ideas that are being propagated, and if you want to fight it, you cannot just, people thinking that fire, fire with fire is going to help. Actually, you are giving more ammo to people that think different than you to really hate your point of view. Bottom line, the, the thing is this, with, what happened with Gina Carano, whether it was well-deserved or not, she's gone now. But she has become a martyr for people that think like her. And that's a big portion of the nation. And these people, because they are supportive, supporters of her, are going to bring her as a martyr. Are gonna, she's going to become the example, and ultimately an example that actually Hollywood doesn't care about people of conservative values. And that's something that I've seen so many reports, so many uh, articles online about it. People saying, you know, and people are going back into the thing. Like I said, you know, this cancel culture doesn't only impact the liberal world, but also the conservative world. It impacts everybody because now conservatives are canceling their subscription to Disney Plus because they said, we're not going to support this. So it becomes like back and forth, back and forth. When one person does one thing, the other person responds the same way. And we are in this eye for an eye thing all the time. And it's so disappointing to see that. Now, I want to share with you this other article uh, that was written recently by the Deseret News. Uh, what will the future look like for Gina Carano? But Carano faced constant criticism from social media because of her posts about her COVID-19 vaccine, Democrats face masks and voter fraud, among other political issues, as I wrote for the Deseret News. One day she compared those who suffer attacks because of their political beliefs to the treatment of Jewish people by their neighbors during Nazi Germany. That was enough for Disney and Lucasfilm uh, who cut ties with Carano. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable, Lucasfilm said in a statement. Now, again, this is a very stupid comparison. It is. Um... I don't think that uh, conservatives are being persecuted to that same degree as the Jews were uh, in Nazi Germany. It's not the case. And what happened to Jews there was really terrible. So I think this comparison is completely out the window. It really changes the facts and the face of history, and we cannot really change that. However, I don't consider this anti-Semitic. She's just making a comparison to events, and she's saying that conservatives will face the same, uh, pretty much the same thing eventually you know disagree however i don't think it's offensive i don't think it's anti-semitic now i want to read this part i think this is very interesting what gina carano symbolizes uh, brand and reputation management expert eric schiffer has been following the carano news for a while and he's been taking note of what the recent scandal will do to her brand he noticed that carano has become a major figure for those who want to see conservative media she was an actress with conservative beliefs appearing on a disney product which is often seen as a piece of liberal Hollywood. So when she got fired from Lucasfilm, it became not only a Hollywood storyline, it became a moment for conservatives to consider where they are in Hollywood's eyes. As she first said, Carano created the, this lightning bolt, emotional connection with the right because she became a further piece of evidence to support cancel culture meets suppression of freedom of speech, where conservatives view Hollywood as out to get anything or anyone that would be out of the line of what is appropriate in the culture. Because of her connection to conservatives, Carano has a chance to last for even longer than her Mandalorian run might suggest. Uh, she has become something of an icon, which will extend her time in this spotlight. 
Now, for her coming back, it's just a matter of time to really know if this is going to happen. We don't know how this is going to unfold. We don't know. We don't know. You know, I can. We cannot really prophesy it towards the future. She might come back. However, she again, like the article said, and it's so true. She has become an icon. She has become a figure. In many ways, a martyr for the conservative side, which in this moment, they need those martyrs. They, they want those martyrs. They want people so they can say, look what happened to them. It's going to happen to us. And now they rally themselves up and voila, it happens again. Maybe we get a, they vote for Trump again to become president. Who knows? The thing is this. It is causing more grief than what people think. Some people think we won this battle. She's out of the picture. However, she will remain in the picture, and she will remain there as a strong figure for those who think like her and for those who think that our conservatives are being persecuted. And to be honest with you, do you really want that? And it's really, it's really an example that they're using, and I've seen so many people talking about it, whether politicians, whether um, you know people that actually believe like her. A lot of people are saying This is what's happening. We need to rally up. We need to come together. It's unifying these people again, even stronger, into thinking that um, the social media, everything out there, uh, you know, every person, powerful person in control, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, I don't know, the owners of all these big enterprises. So you you have seen all this, these theories, all this um, conspiracy theories happening everywhere saying, well, you know, Vessos is the one after all of the, you know, you know that. I've seen so many of those. It's amazing to see. And the worst part is that I've seen so many Christians sharing this nonsense and talking nonsense about this. You know, it's amazing. But whatever. You know, everyone is different. You might believe it's freedom of speech again. It's freedom to believe whatever you want to believe, whether you're wrong or not. Um, I just feel that it just adds more fuel to the fire. And that's what they did. By canceling her, there's more fuel to her fire. I wouldn't say that she was the best actress in the world. She was, she's not an actress. Well, you know, even though the article says that she's an actress because she has acted in different films, but she has, as in, she has no proven record to be an actress in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, you know, someone that has any type of awards, um, she acts in this type of films, more action type oriented films where she doesn't really have to act. She had to act tough as, as she always did, you know, when she was an MMA fighter. Um, it's just the way it is. Um, So, but now, you know, she's considered a star among those circles. And now you have created a problem. There is a vacuum there that has to be, you know, it had to be occupied. And she's occupying that vacuum as a person that has, has seen firsthand, as she can claim that, that has seen in firsthand uh, the, the difficulty of navigating cancel culture. And people are going to use her as an example for a long, long time. Uh, for their own benefit. And that's sad. You know, it's sad. I, I, I never had a problem with Gina Carano. I don't have to agree with her. That's the reason sometimes I even stay away from social media. People sharing their own beliefs, you know, they have the right to do it. It's freedom of speech. I believe it. She doesn't believe in vaccination. She doesn't believe in, you know, wearing the mask. She doesn't believe in all the effectiveness of all those things. It's, it's on her. You know, I don't have to force her to believe like me. As long as she follows the rules and, you know, wherever she goes, she has to abide by those rules. That's the law. You have to abide by the law. You, that doesn't mean that I'm going to hate her because she doesn't believe. I have a lot of friends that don't believe it in that either. I have family members that don't believe that either. Do I going to cut ties with my family because of that? Do I cut ties with my friends because we're different? I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, they're individuals. And they have been there for me in so many times of my life that I need them. You know, And 
just because we disagree on something like this doesn't mean that we have to, you know, be angry at each other and bitter about it. I don't have to be bitter about it, you know, and, and that, sad, that sad part is a lot of people choose to be bitter about things. And that's just really, really wrong. All right. There's another article that I want to share with you uh, written by the tablet. And this is a very good article, uh, very good blog that uh, really share the real problem with cancel culture. And I really like this one. And I would invite anyone to read this one. Um, uh, of uh, all the terms to gain prominence in 2019, few have provoked more pontification, more pearl clutching, or more caustic dismissal than cancel culture. Depending on where you get your discourse, you've probably already seen the phenomenon blame on any of several culprits, technology, social media, and the internet, pathology, the growing shed of victimhood, and its attendant incentives to claim of harm, or even one political tribe in particular. So much for the tolerant left. Or alternatively, you heard that it is not a phenomenon at all, and that all this talk of cancellation is just the world's tiniest violin lament of a bunch of cultural dinosaurs whining as they right crush into irrelevance under the wheels of progress. But the entire cancel culture conversation, including the debate over whether or not it exists at all, has largely missed a crucial point. While celebrities, successful artists, and other too-big-to-fail types can survive a cancellation or even seek one out as a means of drumming up publicly, of publicity, the rest of us uh, are trapped in an increasingly deranged surveillance state fueled by the disappearance of our most essential resource, trust. In a large diverse country, trust is the thing that keeps us living in harmony and content to let other people live as they wish. But its erosion is an institutional problem as much as an interpersonal one. Three years after Donald Trump won the presidency with the promises to drain the swamp of untrustworthy corrupt DC Americans, have very little faith in the systems that keep the country running, including government, business, and media. Between 2017 and 2018, trust in media, for example, dropped from 47% to 42%. Trust in government declined even more precipitously, with a 14% point drop in the number of people who said they trusted the U.S. to do what is right. While those numbers rebounded by a few points in 2019, Americans' overall faith in the country remained this small. A mere 20% of Americans agreed that the system was working for them. Meanwhile, the proliferation of fake news, along with political polarization, makes it difficult even to establish an agreed-upon set of facts from which to draw conclusions when we talk about this trust problem. We aren't sure what's real or true. We don't know who's wrong, but increasingly, we suspect that everyone is. In a recent New York Times article about political polarization, psychologist Jonathan Haidt explained how a small pockets of concentrated outrage can produce immense destructive force. You can tell me that 70% of Americans don't participate in the culture war, but it doesn't really matter, he wrote. Events today are driven by small numbers that can shame and intimidate large numbers. Social media has changed the dynamic. Haith compared this scolding minority to arsonists, but to me, the current dynamic is more evocative of an Agatha Christie-style dinner party where all the guests are being blackmailed or killed off one by one as punishment for their sins. Once they terrify and through it is acknowledged, one of us in this very room is in fact the murderer. The only safe strategy is to trust no one, and the bodies kept piling up. It doesn't matter that most people are willing to live and let live. It only takes one busy, tunneling mole to weaken our social structures to the point of collapse. 
Perhaps because of the media-specific connotations of cancellation, the cancel culture discourse often centers on art, comedy, literature, and other familiar fronts in the culture wars, but it's both bigger and more banal than that. Cancel culture is more apparent in the lives of ordinary people who feel more powerless than ever to change the systems they feel are working against them, and for whom canceling their enemies allows the comforting illusion of control. Cancel culture is apparent combing the Facebook pages of local elementary school teachers in search of immorality in the form of dancing, drinking, or dating. That she then reports to the superintendent or administrator firing a teacher after her ex-boyfriend leaks her nudes. In the latter case, the district superintendent told Lori Miranda that she had caused, allow, or otherwise made it possible for a nude and an inappropriate photograph of yourself to be distributed by not taking adequate precautionary measures. Translation, you shouldn't have trusted your boyfriend. You shouldn't trust anyone ever. Cancel Culture is a reporter digging through the Twitter history of a security guard who raised one million for charity to discover that he posted something racist when he was 16. It is the reporter losing his job when a thousand outraged people respond in kind. And it's also the newspaper asked to rethink its role in enabling this sort of petty offense archaeology. Instead of describing the act of digging through all tweets as a routine background check, the instantization of mistrust happening in real time. As do we all, this is how we live now, under penalty of cancellation in a culture of screen scraping, of filming and snitching, offense seeking and finger pointing, its intolerance on steroids. It is also unfortunately a culture in which our petty and vindictive impulses don't just have an easy outlet in the form of social media, but where those impulses are rewarded the more we indulge them. Social media isn't just dissolving our concept of privacy, it encourages public conflict over interpersonal resolution, let alone minding your own business, and it erases the tempering effect of time, distance, or personal growth. Before social media, the stupid joke you made among friends 10 years ago would fade uh, from memory long before it had a chance to age poorly. Now millions of people will read and react to a tweet from 2009 as though it had been written yesterday, while Twitter chaos fomenting algorithm promotes the least charitable, most savage responses to the top of the heap. The result is a petri dish environment for the internet's worst Iago types who manipulate the fearful majority to emerge as powerful influencers or, you know, U.S. presidents for the rest of us. It is as toxic as is inescapable. It's been more than two years since Freddy the Boar uh, penned Planet of Cops, one of the first and still best analysis of the fear that feeds our current climate. Cancel culture, callot culture, cop culture, it's all the same. We are all informants on each other, de Boer wrote. Contemporary political culture is an autoimmune disorder. Do you enjoy living like this? Are you not exhausted? Do you want to break out? For many, clearly the answer to that question is yes, but breaking out requires an understanding currently missing from the cancel culture conversation. The real danger is not to Dave Chappelle, Roxanne Barr, or Louis C.K. This is, isn't about uh, PC madness. The social justice excesses that erupt on college campuses, but not, for the most part, in the wider world. It's not about an insufficiently sensitive monologue of pansexuality from a pubescent cartoon character. 
Without trust, we become fearful and desperate to exert control. Instead of terrorism or violence or a boogeyman lurking in the bushes with a gun and a roll of duct tape, we suspect the ordinary person sitting next to us who suspects us in return. We are less charitable, more judgmental, and more likely to go to extremes, including violence. It is a quest to protect our own interests from the unknowable strangers around us who naturally mistrust us in return. Well, this is a small article, um, but it's such a, it's such an on-point article that I really, really fell in love with it right away. Um, because it really talks about something that is missing in the conversation, and that's trust. We need trust. Um, I think a society without trust is not a society at all. The reason why we all live together is because we trust each other, but we attempt to trust each other. Of course, there are mechanisms to protect us from uh, broken trust. You know, that's the reason we have laws. That's the reason we have people that enforce those laws. But at the same time, it's about trust. When you get up in the morning, whatever you go, you have to trust that the day is going to go well. You have to trust that the person that is right next to you is going to follow those laws and is going to drive as a decent person. It's not going to cut you off or it's going to do crazy stuff to cause you harm. We have to trust that when we get to the job, there's going to be people there that are waiting also to do their job. We have to trust that when I go to the store, drive to the store, I know the store is going to be open because people are working there. I do believe that in the end, you know, the, the people are different and people have different values and different ideas of what they consider good or bad. Sometimes, you know, they can be extreme about certain things. But ultimately, we all live in this society where our differences, you know, I can go to my dentist, for example, and when I go to my dentist, you know, there are people there from different backgrounds, you know, somebody that has shared a different, uh, you know, views of life in front of me, but is taking care of me. You know, I, I'm not there to judge what the person does in his personal life. I'm not there to judge if the person is gay or Muslim or is black or is white. I'm just there because I need service. And at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. And it's about trust. I trust them because they are human beings. I trust them because they are there. And if they are there, it's because they've been qualified to be there. So if I'm going to go around to tell companies what to do with their employees and how to behave. Yes, I do believe that there are extremes. You know, there are things that are to the extreme. But I don't think Gina Carano was doing extreme things. She was not fomenting violence. She was not pushing for violence. She was not supporting violence. Yes, she has some different point of views. And people differ with that. But that's her personal life. When she's acting, she's acting. And to be honest with you, it's extreme. Again, this goes both ways because, you know, the, the list goes on of people that have been, you know, I already mentioned Gina Carano, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, J.K. Rowling, for example. I, I don't care much about the Harry Potter books, but a lot of people are just don't like her because of her stance in regards to, you know, pronouns, in regards to, you know, what she believes in regards to sexual orientation, things like that, or the way she, she specifies certain things. You know, to me, it's her life. You know, her books have nothing to do with what she believes. But, you know, we see the same thing with Colin Kaepernick, for example, that was canceled by the right because, you know, he wanted to kneel at the flag and people find that offensive and they cancel him and they pretty much blacklist him from the NFL and many other players that were in support of him. He was standing, he was expressing himself. So that's not only happens with the liberal side, also the conservative side. Our former president was always talking bad about media, about, you know, talk about a lot of former staffers at the White House. Many of them, they lost their jobs because he couldn't just, you know, keep them there because he was constantly changing his mind. He was a child, a big grown child. 
So the reason why a lot of them now they have a hard time trying to find a job because of him, you know, and because and they all have many great reputation, but reputation was, you know, hurt. And a lot of people believe whatever the lies that were said about them. You know, I even see in Christian circles, like, for example, Beth Moore, that she was not really a pro, pro supporter and many other, uh, you know, religious leaders that they didn't really support Trump. And they expressed their satisfaction with some of the issues that he made. And you know what? A lot of them, they got back blacklisted by other Christians, you know, and people don't don't want to, you know, really be part of that because of that. To me, it's that it's cancel culture. It's not just one thing. It's not about just canceling people in prominence. It's about canceling people, period, for think differently than us. You can see that in social media all the time. You know, people, uh, even friends, you know, I've seen people that they just block you or they just uh, unfriend you just because you think differently than them. And that's sad and it's pitiful because at the end of the day, it's about having meaningful conversations and that bring change. Now coming to the end of this podcast, it's been really a long podcast, but I've enjoyed this really much. You know, the thing is this, I do believe that we have freedom of speech. People have the right to express themselves, whether they express themselves right or wrong. You know, it's not for me to decide. You know, I think we all have to make our own mind. Uh, I have to take it and accept it. You know, I know a lot of people that completely disagree on me on a lot of things, fundamental things, uh, family members, friends, people at church. But that doesn't mean that they're less lesser beings because of that. Um, you know, for example, I go to different churches and or, you know, participate. I have participated with many, many people, many Christians in, throughout the years in, in different churches. And they all have different views about a lot of things. But I respect people and I love people. Ultimately, um, it's about people. It's not about just, well, you know, things change, we grow, people grow, people mature, people change their way of thinking. They come to an understanding at some point that probably they were wrong. But I cannot push people to that, to that conclusion. And ultimately, what really determines that I'm right? You know, it's my truth, total absolute. You know, I'm totally absolute, completely sure that I've, what I, everything I believe is correct. No, I am not. You know, I'm always learning something. So we have to be willing to listen to the other people's side, even when they make stupid comparisons, um, you know, and to really be forgiven. I feel that we live in a society that is unwilling to forgive people for the most stupid reasons. We want people to be perfect in our view. And it's just the image of perfection that we have created, you know, with our own lives and our own mind. And, you know, according to our own presets, we have created this this idea of the perfect world with that perfect world doesn't exist because the world is full of people and people are imperfect. You know, we are all imperfect. So we have to come together as a community, as people, and we need the other side. I need people that think differently than me to build my own faith, my own life, my own beliefs. You know, I have worked with so many people that are different than me, great people. We all have, you know, I work with people that were, they have different political affiliation than mine, or they, they saw the world in a different way than mine. That we disagree, even about the past president, we disagree. I have a lot of friends that we completely disagree in everything. But we were so good friends. We worked together and we helped each other out. And when he came about talking about other subjects of life, we, we really have a good, had a good time. I really enjoyed the conversations when it was nothing about polit, you know, political affiliation. And I think some, some things are better just to keep on the side. There are things that we believe that is, I cannot change a person's life a way of thinking just by simply forcing my views into their lives. No, I have to come, you know, have the conversation. I, I think that we have, first, we have to have a friendship before we can agree on things 
or before we can find common ground. It's important to befriend people that think differently than us. And that's something that I want to share today on this podcast. Yes, you know, she's gone. What can we do? I, we cannot bring her back. I'm not going to cancel my subscription with Disney Plus because they decided to do that or Disney decided to let her go. You know, that to me is like, you know, again, it's a quid pro quo. You know, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's tit for tat. I don't need that. You know, they made a decision. It's their business. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to avoid cutting because then I become part of the problem too. Then now I'm canceling her as, uh, canceling uh, Disney as well. So, you know, you never win. You know, we're in the same boat. I'm going to be the same person as they do. I'm going to act the same way. I don't think so. That's not the Christian way. I have to just move on and, you know, accept the facts the way it is. And, you know, I, I wish the best for her, you know, in the future. I wish that also she learned from her mistake that sometimes there are things that are better to keep to yourself, you know, as bottom line, you know, don't simply say everything that you have in mind. Um, keep it to yourself, but at the same time, be willing to listen and to have conversation. And unfortunately, if you're in the spotlight, you have to be very careful of what you say, or what you do. But that doesn't mean that just because you're in the spotlight doesn't mean that you are a lesser human being, that you don't have the same rights as, uh, you know, I don't know, John Doe or, you know, whoever in the Internet that is just always saying whatever comes to mind and, you know, always crying out for freedom of speech. You know, there are consequences, yes, for everyone, but that doesn't limit them to also express their own views. Yes, that's just how I feel. But now let me know how you think about it. I want to say to all of you, thank you very much for the time. This was per perhaps a, a, a lengthy podcast, but it was fun to really come back and have this conversation. Um, I think we need to really um, examine ourselves to really see where we stand in our lives. And I feel that uh, that's one area where I think we are all guilty. We're all guilty of that. I think we, we tend to cancel people all the time. Just because they think differently than us, not knowing, not really accepting or understanding that we need them at the same time in our lives to really challenge our way of thinking. But my friends, uh, God bless you. Don't forget to like, to comment and subscribe if you're following this on YouTube. If you are listening to the podcast, please share the podcast. If you, lo if you love the episode, just share it uh, on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the links are in the description. And please consider also supporting this uh, channel, my podcast and everything I do. Uh, through Patreon. Uh, again, the link is in the description. My friends, God bless you. Take care. I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.